G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I suppose I'd been given more responsibility in, at Focus on the Family and learning more skills and I was approached to apply for the role at Reach Beyond. I'd certainly be honest in saying that when I first saw the role, I thought, I can't do this. Really? This is a CEO role. Yeah. How am I going to do all this? But I suppose I, I took a couple of looks at the job description and thought, you know what, I reckon I can make a difference with this role. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Dale Stagg is currently the CEO of an international shortwave radio ministry known as Reach Beyond Australia. They broadcast every day to the Asia-Pacific region from their antennas located in northwest Australia. Today, we'll hear how Dale came to be the CEO of Reach Beyond, and we'll also hear how before that he was a detective, and he also helped to develop a drug-proofing-your-kids program for Focus on the Family. We'll find out how it all fits together as he has a chat and shares his story with Karen Hunt. Good morning, Dale. Welcome to the program. Morning, Karen. It's good to speak with you. It is. It's good to speak with you again because we did have a work connection uh, with Focus on the Family Australia. Both of us are former staffers there. You're still based in Melbourne. But just tell us, how long were you involved at Focus and what was your role at that time when we first connected? Oh, I was at Focus 11 years and enjoyed a, uh, a great time with Focus on the Family and I was the national program manager uh, by the time that I left and uh, yeah that's how we got to meet. It was indeed and I'm also aware before that you were in the police force for quite a while. You've had quite an eclectic background haven't you? Yes and that seems a lifetime away uh, my my (laughs) first career. Tell me were you born and bred in Melbourne or whereabouts did life start for you Dale? Yes born and bred Melbourne. Uh, This is where I I grew up and uh, apart from uh, a nine-year stint in uh, the Adelaide Hills, uh, now back in Melbourne. Uh So East Melbourne, that's where you're currently based? Uh, Northeastern suburbs, yeah. My current uh, ministry role has me uh, in the foothills at the Dandenong Ranges. And Dale, what was life like for you when you were just a little boy? What did you enjoy? What were you hoping to do when you grew up? I think I always wanted to do something exciting. I mean, uh, life growing up was, I suppose, pretty normal. Um, The beach for holidays uh, in the summer and, uh, of course, school for for most of the year. But um, I can always remember wanting to be either a fireman, a policeman or to fly fighter jets. Is that true? A bit of an adventure man. Yeah, I suppose. Tell me, was faith a part of your family culture at that time or not really? Or? Well, yes and no. I mean, I would say church was part of our, our family. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that faith was. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until later in life that uh, God tapped me on the shoulder and uh, really put it to me as to which side of the fence did I want to be on. So how old were you at that time? Well, I was into well into my 20s by then. Yeah. Um, I suppose uh, I grew up knowing... Uh, well, attending church and married in a church and I suppose for a while knowing all the right answers, I suppose, about faith Mm -hmm. in a way. 
but uh, not until my late 20s that uh, God really put me on the spot. So what was happening in your life at the time? Were you in the police force then? or No, I left the police force by then, was living in uh, the Adelaide Hills yeah. uh, or just beyond the Adelaide Hills, a young family growing up in Adelaide, really uh, trying to find uh, where my life was going to lead me. And I suppose it was uh, through a connection at a local church that, uh, well, I was attending church regularly and yeah. getting involved in church, but uh, I suppose it was that was what was needed to bring me to a point to uh, really make a decision as to uh, putting my faith in, in Christ. What was the cruncher? What was the distinctive factor that uh, helped you just to take the next step personally? Uh, you know, I think... Uh, I lived a life of sort of beating around the bush, I suppose, living on the edges, uh, having a foot either side of the fence as far as uh, having one foot in, in the church life, I suppose, and having the other foot in the world. I think it was just simple that probably God got a bit fed up with me and just <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder and said, look, sunshine, I think it's about time you chose. Was it a gentle tap or a, a big elbow nudge? Oh, I, well, I suppose... <laughs> Uh, that's an that's an interesting question. I suppose I just uh, <laughs> remember being in church one one evening, and we had a visiting evangelist at church, and I think that was just the moment that God chose through His Holy Spirit to uh, grab me by the scruff of the neck and say, "The time is now." Yeah. And, and that was it. Can you describe what difference that made in your family life at the time? Oh, it, it clearly gives you a direction. It gives you a foundation to base your future, not only your future, but your present on. It was certainly a growth, a growth stage for us. It certainly gave me a clear, a clear focus on what I wanted my life and my family's life to be like. It, it reorients you, your uh, focus on how you parent, the role you play in your marriage. It, it just changes a whole, whole stack of things. And how old are your kids now? How many do you have and how old are they? Three children. Yeah. Uh, 28, 25 and nearly 22, two girls and a, and a boy, uh, my son being the youngest. Any grandchildren yet? One grandchild yeah. and uh, she certainly keeps us on our toes. She's gorgeous. Mm. She's uh, uh, a four-year-old. Four years old and are they all close within your local Melbourne area? Yes, all living, either living with us or, or living very close to home. So, uh, <laughs> no, we haven't been able to empty the nest yet. Nice to have them near. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me your involvement with the police force. Yeah, well, a little over 10 years, and uh, that was all based in Victoria, uh, five years in the uniform branch and uh, five years in the detectives. Yeah, wouldn't swap it for anything. It was uh, uh, an incredible uh, season of my life. Now, you might remember that my hubby Greg is a former policeman many mm -hmm. years ago. He had his reasons for jumping out of the police force. What was happening for you? What prompted your departure at that time? What was happening in your world? Well, I just ticked over 10 years in the service and I suppose I was getting pretty tired. It was a pretty full-on job that I was in and uh, we had friends in the state that were wanting to grow a business uh, and uh, invited us to join them. And we had a well, we had one daughter at the time, um, still not even in school, and so a very young family. And I sort of thought, well, why not give it a go? It was an opportunity that was into the unknown. It was um, a bit of a risk. I was leaving behind a job that I thought well, I thought I was going to be a career copper. Mm -hmm. That that was going to be it. I was going to be in the police force for the rest of my working working life. So I took this uh, incredible plunge to leave that behind, a, a secure job, um, a good situation, and uh, left that all behind to try something new. 
And like we were saying before, Adventure Man, open to the risk. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. I was going to make my fame and fortune when I left the police force, but I made neither. No. Tell me, what was the type of business? It was a a small export business involved in exporting seafood overseas and... uh, yeah, it was perhaps a little bit more risky than I uh, I realised, but it's all worked out okay. Good to hear. But Focus on the Family came into your world. Tell us what was the connection to Hook in there and what was it like being there for the length of time that you were? Well, it was a great time. I mean, obviously being able to uh, be involved in helping families in a whole heap of areas is very rewarding. When I was in Adelaide or in South Australia, I, uh, when God tapped me on the shoulder, I ended up at uh, Bible College and yeah. retrained as a counsellor. And after that, worked in drug and alcohol rehabilitation for a, a short time. And it was around that time that I was really seeking the Lord's direction as to, well, where do you want me to head? What yeah. do you want me to do? Where to now? Mm-hmm. And it was around that time that uh, our church showed the original Dobson video series, the Focus on the Family video series. Yeah. And uh, I started watching these videos and I thought, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to work for them. Mm. And uh, not long after that, Focus on the Family hosted a pastor's event in Adelaide. And I went to that event armed with my resume and handed it to the Focus staff members there. And, uh, well, as they say, the rest is history. (laughs) Yes. The Drug Proof Your Kids training program, that was a key factor in your early stages. Tell us what was your heart and what still is your heart for families and young people? Oh, you're right, Karen. The How to Drug Proof Your Kids program was a key factor in me uh, ending up at Focus on the Family. And it's a part of my faith journey as well and how God joins the dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still look back on that time um, uh, with wonder in the sense that I had no idea that Focus on the Family was about to launch a major program called How to Drug Proof Your Kids. And a, what a program uh, it is. Yeah, a, a great prevention program to help families steer their kids clear of harmful drug use. And I suppose I ended up without really being aware of it, presented the perfect package of someone that had a police background and Mm. had a lot of experience in that area, Mm -hmm. seen the effects of drug use firsthand, ended up retraining in in counselling and then got some experience working in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation facility. So here I am approaching Focus on the Family who are in the the throes of launching this incredible program and uh, and I walk in the door. Yeah, meant to be. And so that was a pretty amazing journey when that all kicked off. And as we've said, uh, 11 years then with Focus on the Family, a significant part of that being involved in the prevention programs that uh, Focus on the Family produced. Mm. So as the National Programs Manager at the time, can you share with us a particular story of a family where you know faith connected to life and in essence just created transformation within that family? Well, I remember one story that's actually quite amusing and and it's to do with the drug prevention program. Uh, A part of that was educating parents. Yep. saying to parents, hey, you can do this. You know, you can make a difference. You can you can learn. You can understand what's going on in, in the world of drug use. Uh, and if you want to protect your kids, come along to this program and learn some skills and information. And I think one of the rewarding outcomes of uh, uh, running that program was one mum that... Uh, had come to the program and, and contacted us later and she'd, one of her kids had brought home some, uh, 
some marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I recall the story where mum didn't freak out about that. She sort of uh, called on some of the principles she'd learned and uh, she didn't freak out. She didn't go and create World War Three with her kids. Uh, yeah, it was certainly serious and, and it was important that she resolve the issue. But she... Uh, she was very creative in that I remember she somehow arranged what she'd found in a vase on the dining room table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so when the child came home from school, it was sitting there in the vase. Wow. Really prominent. And wow. uh, it was a great way to raise the subject mm. to say to the child, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is what I found. We need to talk about it. Mm. And uh, I thought just it was just such a creative way for the parent to approach the subject in a really creative way. And what the result was that she enhanced the relationship with her child mm. on this occasion and really uh, was able to discuss the issue at hand. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Dale Stagg, who's sharing his life journey. We've just heard the variety of roles he's had over the years, including as a detective and also working with Focus on the Family. Next, we'll find out about his current role as the CEO of an international shortwave radio ministry known as Reach Beyond. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Dale Stagg, who is currently the CEO of an international shortwave radio ministry known as Reach Beyond Australia. They broadcast every day to the Asia-Pacific region from their antennas located in northwest Australia. But that's not all they do, as we'll hear in the second part of today's conversation. You currently, as we've said, are the Australian CEO of Reach Beyond Another ministry, a different ministry, transforming lives through media and healthcare. Tell us a little more about Reach Beyond. How then did you get involved with what was formerly known as HCJB? Well, the journey or my transition from focus to uh, Reach Beyond, uh, which was formerly HCJB Australia, uh, was pretty simple, I suppose. I, I suppose I'd been being given more responsibility in at focus on the family and learning more skills and gaining a lot of experience in working in the not-for-profit and uh, the media sector. And uh, I was approached to apply for the role at Reach Beyond. I can certainly be honest in saying that when I first saw the role, I thought, I can't do this. Really? This is a CEO role. Yeah. How am I going to do all this? But I suppose I, I took a couple of looks at the job description and, and thought, you know what, I reckon I can uh, I can make a difference with this role. With God's help? With God's help, absolutely, which I uh, am thankful for every day, I can tell you. Uh, so I made the transition, was um, given the role of CEO here at Reach Beyond, uh, as I said, and putting my radio voice on, formerly HCJB <laughs> Australia. Which stands for what? It really doesn't stand for anything in no? the sense that in uh, our history was that in broadcasting, we established the first Christian radio station in Latin America back in 1931. Clarence Jones uh, had this visionary madness to reach the world through radio, and he he, uh, he achieved that. 
by establishing HCJB World Radio in Quito. Now, when you're allocated a radio license or radio frequency in Latin America or, or Ecuador, your, it, it, your call sign is HC. And so the HC was sort of built on to give us an acronym that uh, I suppose, I don't know what you'd call it, a love phrase or a, a phrase that went something like uh, heralding Christ Jesus blessings. Uh, so the pioneers of our ministry uh-huh. took that radio call sign and built a phrase around it. In Spanish, it's something like Jesus Christe Bendice, which means Beautiful. today Christ Jesus blesses. Some people have called us the high cost of jelly beans <laughs> as a way of remembering it. But really, it was a radio call sign. Yes, there you go. Well, I've learned something new. I didn't know that. There you go. <laughs> so as CEO now, Australia is just one world office that exists. I believe the headquarters are in Colorado. Yes, as usual, hey, with uh, many Christian ministries based in Colorado. But and in Colorado Springs especially. Yeah. How many are there? Like heaps. Yeah, heaps I think is a good way to sum it up. Uh, <laughs> but certainly we are part of a, a global community that is reached beyond. And uh, uh, we are, as you said, uh, the Australian World Office. A thousand staff members worldwide representing like 30 countries. Other countries include Brazil. Where else? Oh, Karen, we have offices uh, in uh, Latin America, mm-hmm. uh, sub-Saharan Africa and a- the Asia-Pacific region, uh, including New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, Europe and Eurasia, We um, particularly with a world office in the, the UK. And we have a technology centre in Indiana in the US, okay. which uh, has been a vital support to us, particularly in areas of shortwave radio and uh, the planting of small FM radio stations, which um, you'd be very familiar with. My goodness. Me. Now, I'm also aware that you've got Melbourne here in Australia, but also Kununurra. What's the connection there? How does it all work? Well, it all works because we're a shortwave broadcaster yep. and we broadcast via shortwave to the Asia-Pacific region. So uh-huh. north from north Western Australia. It's the ideal location for impacting the Asia-Pacific region with shortwave radio. And that's why we have a broadcast facility in uh, Kununurra. Fascinating. It really is. And I see on your website a little motto there, the voice and hands of Jesus together. So the voice meaning using media to share Jesus, the gospel with people who don't know him. Hands using healthcare and community development to show Jesus in a practical, loving, service kind of way. And together you're empowering people to take that gospel to their own communities. What's your specific role within that? Well, our role within that is, at the moment, primarily media through our shortwave broadcast facility in Kununurra. Uh, but certainly we have one eye on what our our global uh, colleagues are doing, uh, in particularly in the area of healthcare and community development. Uh, so uh, w- a small part of what we do is seeking to uh, make opportunity available to people from within Australia who may like to serve mm-hmm. uh, overseas in either a short or long-term capacity with some of our other uh, offices uh, or our US office as we reach out into other parts of the world in uh, the areas of healthcare and community development. So when you're speaking of healthcare, I mean medical technology, how do you mix media and medical technology in, in a ministry capacity? Mm, it's a good question and I think it's one of the principles we've tried to adhere to fairly strictly is that we have 
significant partnerships in media. So one of the big areas of our ministry throughout the world, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region and uh, in, in Africa, is radio planting, FM mm-hmm. stations. And often what the result of that radio plant will be, as that Christian community station becomes established in its community, they identify needs within the community that invariably end up in the areas of healthcare and uh, other community development areas. And so that partnership spreads beyond the media to our ability to respond in with small medical teams or volunteer teams mm-hmm. that can respond to those needs in uh, as far as healthcare and community development. Now, one example is uh, we partner with uh, a ministry in India. Uh, we broadcast to India in 15 different Indian languages, mm. and uh, but they also run a number of clinics, health clinics throughout the year as part of their their ministry and we support them in doing that. And that may be through simple things like eye care or simple health checks. Mm -hmm. It may be dental checkups because there are so many people in countries like India that just are unable to or do not have access to the medical care that we take for granted. Mm. Now, you call your staff as missionaries as such, and I'm aware that many of the Reach Beyond missionaries actually serve in bivocational ministry. So you've got, what, IT workers, medical workers, educators, administrators, media producers, pastors. That's a huge thing to oversee, yeah? Yeah, it's a, it's a good mix, isn't it? It's, there's plenty of diversity, and uh, we need all those sorts of people to, uh, to be able to effectively run uh, what God's entrusted us with. Uh, you know, IT, because we, we operate in a quite a significant media environment, so from establishing FM stations where you need people to understand uh, the process of establishing those stations, um, erecting towers, uh, broadcast towers, and then training the communities mm. that have asked us into their country to establish that station. So mm. we have a, a really good quality training team that will help kickstart that radio station. Are you enjoying your job? I love my job. <laughs> what do you love uh, the most? Well, I do, look, I, we are, I feel such a unique uh, ministry. Uh, you don't need a passport to serve in Australia with Reach Beyond. With our studios in Melbourne and our shortwave facility in Kununurra, mm-hmm. uh, it's a uh, mission on your doorstep. And to think that we're broadcasting 11 hours a day, uh, 27 languages yeah. uh, throughout the Asia-Pacific, wow. a, a region with 4.2 billion people, mm. uh, it's just quite a privilege to think that we're able to impact so many lives. Through radio. It truly is a privilege and it is an honor. Yourself, myself, media, ministry, God's doing big things, not just within Australia, but across the globe. So if anyone wants to find out more about Reach Beyond, where's the best place they can go to? Reachbeyond.org.au. Uh-huh. And, and uh, uh, they can make contact with you direct? They can. I wish you well, mate, as you continue in the role that you're doing now. And, you know, it's not enough just to hear the gospel message, but people also need to feel the touch of Jesus Christ. And I know that's what's happening with Reach Beyond. It is a gift combining a media and medical technology to transform lives throughout the globe. Well done for what you're doing, and I wish you well. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Dale Stagg. 
who's currently the CEO of an international shortwave radio ministry known as Reach Beyond Australia. And it's great to hear how they're able to reach large parts of Asia and the South Pacific from their antennas located in Kananara in Western Australia. As we heard, their goal is to be the voice and hands of Jesus, the voice being radio, and hands is healthcare and community development. To find out more about their organisation, their website is reachbeyond.org.au. That's reachbeyond.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for Dale's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. One day, Michael, just all of a sudden, out of the blue, said to me, please, in 10 minutes, you're going to preach in the centre of the city. I was terrified in my soul, but my spirit was fully open and wanting to do this. And I closed my eyes and I started to shout in the megaphone. So once I did that, uh, something broke inside my soul. And that's when the passion for the loss was born in my soul, which never left. Maralina Fakarul is originally from Romania and was experiencing one heartbreak and disappointment in life after another. That was until she met a missionary from Australia named Michael. We'll find out how they met and married and about the ministries they've started next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.